Hello, fellow and future dancers, and thanks for listening to the Dance Floor Podcast. I'm Lauren Johnson, and I'm sure a lot of you, like me, are probably stuck at home as we're going through a little bit of a scary time right now with the social distancing because of the COVID-19 virus. But hopefully today's podcast episode can keep you company and get you excited about the dancing that you'll be doing in the future when we can start interacting with people again. On today's episode, I'm joined by my very good friend, Anastasia. She is an extremely gifted and talented costume designer, and she's a beautiful ballroom dancer as well. On this episode, we walk you through the process of getting a custom gown design, why it's so important and how you can work within a budget in collaboration with your designer. Stay healthy, stay safe, and I hope you enjoy. Okay, Anastasia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Lauren. I'm so excited to have you on, A, because I haven't seen you in a while, so we get to catch up, which is cool, and B, because I love talking about costumes. Anastasia is an incredibly talented costume designer, and I wanted to have her on the podcast today because so many people in the ballroom world are always asking questions about costumes. How much do they cost? Why do I need a custom dress? What should I expect if I'm going into designing a custom dress? And Anastasia is here to answer all of these questions for us. So just to jump right in, what got you started designing ballroom costumes? Well, I've always been the creative type. So even uh, in high school, and I think I started sewing random things. I've always been making things, drawing. That's been something I've done since I could remember. So you're just an artistic person in general. Just artistic person in general, yeah. And then with, and then I got interested in making dresses and clothing uh, around about high school. And then I went to college and started dancing. And then I was like, hey, dance costumes are pretty expensive. (laughs) I should try to make some. Yes. And the journey started from there. I've had quite a bit more experience. And back then it was very self-taught process. That's just what I was going to ask you. I was going to say, did you teach yourself to sew or did someone teach you? Because it's extremely challenging. I think it's challenging to sew regular dresses. I think when you're dealing with costumes that have stretchy fabric and lycra and stones, it's it's a whole nother level of difficulty. It is. I would say actually now at this point, I would almost say that sewing non-stretchy fabrics is more difficult for me. Interesting, because you're so used to it. <laughs> I'm so used to it and they just have so much more flexibility and give. It gives me space space to work with the creativity and just flexibility, I guess. And I guess it's the medium you're used to working in because I know for, in the past, I've had seamstresses that I've worked with that do my normal tailoring. Mm -hmm. And then I've gone, oh, well, they they know my body so well and maybe I should have them design a dance costume for me. And the second I start showing them pictures and I start showing them the materials I want to use, they're like, no, thank you. Yep. And I feel exact the same but opposite. Yeah, so So. that's like, okay, this is what I'm used to working with. This is the fabric that I know. And I think that's what makes ballroom designers so in demand is because it takes an extremely special skill to be able to work with that type of fabric. And that's why you are so valuable at what you do. (laughs) Thank you. So how long have you been designing costumes? Officially as a career six years. But then before that, there was sewing for myself, sewing for my teammates, on the dance team. I've actually been doing it for a lot longer, but like officially since 2012. That's really cool. So So it's almost like you sort of got in that practice work with your team and your own self to sort of trial and error things out as you went. So obviously, if you're a creative person, that's probably one of the things that appeals to you about designing costumes. Like what's one of your favorite things about just the process and the design of making a costume? I would say it's definitely the creative process. It's a medium that you get to work with. So it's not just like, it's not just drawing something on paper, which I do enjoy also, but it's like transferring that from a picture on a piece of paper to a three-dimensional creation that not only is a three-dimensional, but then there's the dress and then you actually put the decoration on the dress, which is a third layer. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then you actually see someone dance in that dress. <laughs> it's like a fourth layer. So it's, there's like all these layers of like creativity and like to see how your project, your piece of art gets amplified. There's got to be like kind of a godlike feeling to that where it's like you're like, I have created that. I won't deny it. <laughs> I won't deny it. That's amazing. I love there's that. always the opposite as well sometimes happens right. where where you put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into it, and it's just like continuous tweaking. But when you do see it out on the floor, it's always like, wow, I made that. That was nothing. That. That, it, was, it was a flat 
flat, long piece of fabric, and now <laughs> it's twirling on the dance floor and sparkling. So that's really cool. That's really cool. And I guess obviously the idea of collaborating with other artists and dancers is kind of fun too, because yes. you are designing the dress, right? But we as dancers, especially as as women dancers, are so picky and mm-hmm. and specific about how we want our bodies to look. So there's that challenge, but at, at the same time, you're collaborating with someone else on this vision, and that's kind of cool. I do like that process. It's, it's all part of the creative process, which I do enjoy. Like even when people are picky, it's more difficult, but it's almost like it becomes a challenge and you have these parameters that you have to work with. And in the end, it's a little frustrating at first, but in the end, you're like, oh, that was actually really cool because like I had to challenge myself. I have had to open up new avenues of thought and creativity. That totally makes sense. And I feel like in the opposite extreme, probably end up talking about this as we go through the process of what it's like to design a gown for someone, but it's almost maybe more difficult if someone has no idea what they want, where you're just kind of like, can you make me a dress? And you're like, sure, what do you want? And they're just like, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's probably helpful to have someone that at least has an idea of what they like. Definitely. I mean, it, it is one thing where where you have a blank canvas and you can, oh, I have the freedom to design whatever I want for this person. But then you also know that like it's not 100% true that they don't know what they want because if you gave them anything, they're not necessarily going to like it. Right. They don't know what they want, but they... A lot of times they don't, they know what they don't want. Right. And they can always verbalize it. So like sleeves, no sleeves, long skirt, <laughs> like slit. Oh, I don't know. Color. Oh my gosh. Color is a difficult one. Yeah. Anastasia and I thought it might be cool because a lot of people get really confused about costumes. Either it's a concern for us about money. I think that's honestly, I mean, don't you agree? Like, isn't that the biggest concern with people when they're searching for ballroom dresses is is the money? That is a big concern. Yeah. I wouldn't say that goes for everyone because some people are out there who don't have those constraints. And then for them, it becomes other parameters take priority. But most people that I've worked with, it comes down to fitting the perfect design into the budget that you have. And that's kind of why Anastasia and I thought it would be fun to talk about this today because we both obviously are dancers. So we've known the struggle of trying to A, get a costume that you really, really love and are excited about. Because for a lot of us, we may not be able to afford a new costume for every competition. So if you get a costume, you kind of got to make it last. I mean, can you imagine like if you had to wear the same prom dress every year or like Mm -hmm. if you had to wear your wedding dress Mm -hmm. all over and over again? So it's really hard for formal dresses and costumes to give them life that's going to last for a long time. You're not going to get sick of them. And then we thought we'd kind of take you through the process of why custom dresses cost what they do and also why it's really, really important to get a custom costume made and not just buy off the rack or necessarily buy used. Sometimes that's your only option in your budget, but we're going to kind of take you through the steps that make a costume so valuable today. So Anastasia, for someone who is open to getting a custom dress made, what would you say is the first thing that they need to know or the first step that they should be prepared for if they were going to do a consultation for you? Okay. So even like, I would start with like the step before the first step, pre-step. <laughs> a pre-step. I didn't even, I wasn't even ready for a pre-step. Uh, what makes it easier for both parties, like just going off of what we just talked about, like having something to go off of is to just Be observant when you're at dance events, when you're picking out just like regular day clothes for yourself. Like, what do you think, like, what do you know that looks good on you? Like, do you always reach for a turtleneck because you think like when you go out or when you're dressing up, do you choose a dress with a plunging neckline because you know that that's your best feature? Or do you choose to have an open back? Or what do you like to, what parts of yourself do you like? What parts of yourself do you not like? Or when you see other people dancing or even like when you're shopping online like what things are you drawn to the first step in the actual process is sitting down with the designer and coming up with a design that's so interesting that you say that I, I wouldn't have expected that as a pre-step I it's I love that you said that that you should already kind of come into this knowing what you like and what you don't like and like you're just everyday clothes because I think something that we do, maybe maybe as men and women, but we put our dance costume and attire into a completely different box than our normal everyday attire. But that doesn't really make sense because what makes you feel good and confident is kind of global. It wouldn't necessarily change yeah. when you're on the dance floor. So yeah. I love that you said that as, as a pre-step yep. that you should kind of start to have an idea in your head of what you like about your body, 
what you're wanting to hide or yeah. like what you want to accentuate, what you don't. That's really amazing. Yeah. I mean, also taking into account that, you know, coming in with an open mind as well and not being so strict. I mean, it's okay to be strict. Like if you're saying like, oh, I only want to wear long sleeves and I only like to wear boat necks. That's, that's totally fine. Like makes my life very easy right. to be able to just be like, okay, well that's decided. Um, let's move on to the color or right. to the back yeah. or, you know, and the embellishments. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy with that. But come into the idea being flexible and and open to to hearing feedback from the designer about what may suit your body. We have this idea of like I only look good in this yeah. silhouette. Yes. But then well and this is maybe a little unrelated but I remember going through this experience when I was trying on wedding dresses. Mm. So Louis and I got married 2 years ago and all of the dresses that I had like from magazines and Pinterest, I was trying them on and hated them. And then I started, I, I never thought I would ever wear a wedding dress that was at all natural waist or ball mm. gown style. And once I tried one on, yep. those were the only ones I tried on forever and ever. Amen. And I yep. was like, what is, I, I don't even know my <laughs> own body, but it kind of took the dress consultant to say that. like, Hey, yeah. don't, you don't have to use a, a natural waist gown. And the funny thing but is, is it's translated it. into my life yeah. now. Like, those are the only dresses ah, I buy. And I'm like, wow, yes. this is what looks exactly, good on me. Exactly. And I wouldn't have trusted someone if mm -hmm. I hadn't actually tried it on. So mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. could even be good advice for someone who's about to get a costume made. Maybe go to like Macy's or Nordstrom or whatever yep. in the formal section and try on some silhouettes that you've never tried before. Yep. And of course, like if you're at a dance event, you can go to like if they have vendors there, you can go to the vendor booth and try stuff on. Like yeah. that's always a good idea. You don't have to buy anything right then and there, even though they will try to convince you to but just to know what's out there and just to have an idea like because a lot of times and this is what what we say when dresses are hanging on hangers it looks very different hanging on a hanger than it does when it's on your body so yes. don't really judge a book by its cover necessarily in that respect so maybe since you're trying dresses on anyway maybe just try something new on something that you wouldn't normally try on and you'll be pleasantly surprised and what's the worst that'll happen you just hate it and take it off and <laughs> right. never never see it again it's yeah. fine nothing ventured uh, nothing gained yes so. Well, so I guess what we can kind of sum up as maybe the first like pre-step and first step is to try to have an idea of what you like and don't like in dresses for their mm. first step. And then also balance that with an open mind in your first consultation, because obviously you're a professional costume designer. If I came to you and I was like, Anastasia, I want the dress to look like this. Aren't I going to look fantastic? You're going to probably try to balance my expectations with what I can actually get out of a dress and be like the mediator between me and the dress, if that makes sense. Yeah. If I was going to do a dress consultation with you, what does that first conversation look like between us? Are you asking a lot about the design? Are you asking about budget? Definitely. So usually, okay, someone comes and says, I've been thinking about getting a custom dress. Can we come up with something? So we'll sit down at our little table, at our little booth or at the studio, wherever the setting may be, even over the phone. And I'll start with asking you some questions. For example, all right, what styles do you dance? Which dances are your favorite? How long have you been dancing for? What do you think are your dancing strengths? And what are your dancing weaknesses? And what are your, what parts of your body do you feel most confident about? What parts of your body do you feel least confident about? What are some colors that you like? Cause some people really like pastels and How some important people, do you feel like color is in that consultation process? It's pretty important. I think that's a uh, color. I feel like is one of those things that it's like not as important as design, but it carries a lot of weight. It's crucial to like the, not only the design, but it's like your personality and, and how much you want to stand out. And like, do you not want to stand out? Do you want to blend in? That's okay too. Some people want to just like fit in and be visible, but not like over the top. I'm, I'm just like fascinated by what you just said, because I feel like that's sort of the opposite mentality in the world of ballroom dance. Because it's like, look at me, look at me, look at me, feathers, right, right. stones, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love, I kind of love the idea that you're like, Hey, that if that's your dance personality, go with it. You're out there dancing. And like the last thing you want to be worried about is like what you're wearing and like fidgeting with something. Like you don't want, you want to put your costume on and be like, okay, I'm out there. All I can, all I need to focus on right now is smiling and 
being my beautiful self and maybe my dance steps <laughs> at I that point. That. So just focus on on smiling and 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 being beautiful and being you. So are you? So you basically saying that comfort comes down to not just the actual like fit of the dress, but how you are comfortable yes. personality wise yes. in the dress. Yes, that is really cool. I, I I mean, this is so crazy that I've I'm not really. This is like a light bulb moment for me, but I really have never thought of it that way. I've always yeah. thought like, you know, when you're a ballroom dancer, you have to be a different Stand personality on the dance floor. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of love the idea that you're like, you know what, just accept who you are. Cause that's, what's going to make okay. you the most confident. It's, it's okay for all like the unique costumes that you see out there. You're getting a custom dress. It's going to be one of a kind anyway. If you want to, especially in the beginning levels, uh, if you just want to fit in and look like you belong where you are at your level, that let's, let's go with that. It doesn't have to be super, extravagant or over the top or I mean that goes without saying that ballroom costumes are kind of extravagant <laughs> more extravagant than anything else you're ever gonna yeah. wear but, but it's just the like the most excellent of, version yes, of yourself exactly <laughs> in the scheme the grand scheme of all the ballroom costumes it's okay to just be the genuine version of yourself and I know ballroom is like performance and over the top and and a lot of like this glitz and glam and putting on a face and being in a world that you're not in every day of your life but I'm a big supporter of being authentic, oh, even I love within that. those circumstances. And maybe it's maybe being authentic is showing a side of yourself that you normally wouldn't show. Like, for example, at work, like you're not a dance student in your office job. Right. You're not a dancer. You're not a performer when you're sitting there working on the computer. Right. But dancing allows you to become this side of yourself to explore this other side of yourself. And if you want to wear feathers and be big and like bold, go for it. But some people are a little bit shy and reserved and that's okay too. Don't push yourself too far out of your comfort zone, right. but a little bit of a step outside of your comfort zone is what why we all kind of like dancing anyway. Yeah, it? yeah. We're all like slightly exhibitionist yep. in, yep. in yep. a sense, yep. even if we are. I mean, you guys, I think a lot of you that are listening to this podcast right now probably know Anastasia. If you don't know Anastasia, let me just tell you, she is like the textbook introvert. She's kind of <laughs> weird and crazy. <laughs> so like she will definitely have a dance off with you on the dance floor, but she's also like super weird and awkward and funny. Yep. So, <laughs> so that's me. her. Yeah. It makes you lovable. So one of the things that I love about what you just said is, okay, so come to an equal balance of knowing what you like and what you don't like, and then also come to an equal balance of, yeah, push yourself a little bit if you need to get out of your comfort zone to dance, but also have kind of a realistic understanding of who you are as a dancer and what makes you comfortable on the dance floor. Because mm-hmm. you said it yourself, authenticity is really readable. And if you're being a different person, because that's actually what makes you comfortable and you're a great mm-hmm. actor or actor actress. Yep. Go for that. Yes. Go for the feathers, go mm-hmm. for the stones. But if you need to feel like your authentic true self on the dance floor, mm-hmm. try to find a way with your designer to make that costume happen. And that doesn't mean you have to wear black and no stones or something. That there's definitely options, lots of options, unlimited options for any style that you want to go with. Well, and that's actually one of the things that I love about ballroom dancing is that we all are dancing the same dances, but no one looks the same. Even if yeah. you're doing the same steps, I think that's one of the things about dance that's so beautiful is it's incredibly subjective and there's so many interpretations of it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, pick a costume that is representative of the dancer who you are. Mm -hmm. All that was kind of a tangent off of the consultation process. So including that, obviously, we'll go into things like, okay, uh, how do you feel about feathers? Have you seen feathers on other people? Do you like them? Do you not like them? How do you feel about fringe? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Long sleeves, boat neck, plunged line, you know, and, and also certain things about your body type will fit certain things. And and you can definitely be not afraid to sort of disagree with your designer in a respectful way, saying like, well, I don't think I want like my bag to be that open or it'll probably be the opposite. Maybe like the designer will say something like, maybe let's let's close the back up a little bit more. This will give you a more sophisticated look. The designer will ask you for your tastes and opinions and, and don't be afraid to be honest because the worst thing is walking away thinking that you haven't really expressed what you wanted fully. So it's a process and it's a consultation. It's almost like a therapy session, right? You talk to your designer, you tell them what you like, you tell them what you don't like, and then you kind of up with an with a picture with an image with an idea of who you are who you want to be what you like what you don't like and then kind of the process starts there the sketching starts so i mean all of this language that you're using 
actually to me translates to, I could tell you something about my body that I like or don't like. And you Mm -hmm. actually have almost like, like an engineer, you almost have a plan and a blueprint for how to do that. So I think it's kind of cool that when people go into this, they can, they can have an idea of what they like or don't like. But even if I just said to you, Anastasia, like, you know what, I'm I'm kind of self-conscious about like my midsection. I don't really like things that are very clingy Mm -hmm. or form fitting, but I love my butt. And Mm -hmm. I just really want something that doesn't cling to my midsection, but really highlights my curves. And you could have a blueprint that would be like, well, I'm going to cut it on this line. And like, that's amazing. I don't think people realize that I could actually tell you what parts of my body I want to accentuate through movement. You actually could do something about it. Yes. That is the creative process. That's the start. And I guess really all of this ties into why it's so important to have a custom dress made. And you guys, this is what I'm going to do really quick first. I'm going to share you all of the disasters that I've done personally Mm. in my career, Mm. and then you can learn from mine. (laughs) And I know a lot of the women listening to this have done the same. And and I don't want to disclude any men that are listening to this podcast, because I know that you have costumes and that, you know, I think Anastasia and I may be able to even do an episode at some point that's specifically about ballroom costumes for men, because Ah, I mean, men have body image issues. They have things they like and don't like about their body, and they have to have custom things done Mm -hmm. as well. But today's episode is going to focus a little bit more on women's dress designs because they are a little bit more complicated. Mm. So kind of tying us back into the mistakes I've made, I've bought used dresses, which sometimes, you know, if you try it on and it fits and it works great, it's cheaper because ballroom dresses are exactly like a car. The second you take them off the lot, they like really decrease in value. Yes. So that can be a good budget option. I've, I've done that and I've had some success and, and, I think what always ends up happening is you compromise a ton when you're buying a used dress Mm. because you might get one that fits, but you hate the color. You Mm. might get a great color, but it's not super flattering. So there's always a give and a take with that. I've bought dresses from eBay, from Mm. the stores like somewhere in China where you're custom, (laughs) you're sort of getting a custom gown because they send you measurements, but I've done it twice. I don't even know why I did it the second time because both times were kind of disasters. Uh, we're hopeful. Yeah, we're always hopeful because we're like, a $500 dress? Sure, it's going to yeah. be great. They'll put Swarovski stones on it. No problem. That's also a mistake. It wasn't, I just, it took me so many years to learn this lesson. I, would, I wasted so much money, but there's nothing like getting a custom dress made. So Anastasia, one of the specific things that I wanted to ask you on today's episode that I think a lot of people wonder who've either done the same mistakes that I have or have I've never thought about having a custom dress made because they just already assume it's too expensive. What do you think are some of the most valuable things? We've actually already talked about a couple. We've talked about obviously having a one-on-one consultation with someone where you can tell them exactly what you like and don't like. We've talked about how important it is to get exactly what kind of color and design you want. Mm -hmm. And we've also just kind of scratched the surface on dressing for your body type as Mm -hmm. well. Other than budget, you know, because I know that's a big factor for people. What do you think are the most valuable results of getting a custom dress made? Getting a custom dress, you should feel confident. You should put on that dress and be able to walk out on the dance floor and whatever level you're at, like feel confident and beautiful and comfortable. That's what custom dresses do is they fit you in ways that another dress wouldn't. They show off your strong points. They they hide your weaknesses and in both the dancing and the body type, which are intertwined, I think, in a lot of the costumes, having a dress made to your exact measurements, to your exact body type is the biggest, really the valuable thing about it. So I think for me personally, once I started getting dresses custom made, the thing that I noticed was the biggest difference was that I started liking the way I looked better. Ah. And I know that that's crazy. That seems like kind of a dumb moment, but it really took me way, way too long to start getting custom dresses mm-hmm. made. And in the end, I ended up spending just as much money on the cheap dresses that I kept recycling out because they were Mm. just Mm Band-Aids. They were like the lowest thing I was willing to accept. I looked okay in them sometimes. Like it it was all right. It wasn't, you know, the end of the world. But once I started investing in getting custom dresses made, I was really able to step out in confidence because I had like with the designer, I had chosen exactly how I wanted to Mm -hmm. look, the color, the way I wanted the stones placed. And I think was just something that we obviously are going to end up talking about as well. But for me, one of the biggest things that I liked about having a custom dress made, especially the first time I had it done, was that I got fittings along the way. Yes. In terms of making it feel right for your body, how important do you feel like the fittings are in the process of the dress? And how many fittings do you usually recommend in the process of having a dress made? So for me, I feel like I need at least one fitting in person, which I do realize that if you're working with a designer who is 
not necessarily local or in your area, or, you know, it could be in New York or in California or in Canada. I know that that's difficult to do, but for me as a designer, I really value in-person fitting so I can see exactly what needs to be tweaked. Right. Sometimes this can be done on camera if like you get the dress shipped to you and you try it on and then you, you know, pin it in certain places. So when you send it back, the safety pins are in there so the designer knows. With my eye, I can sort of smooth through this process much more efficiently and much more quickly because I know what I'm looking for. I like to have in-person fittings at least one time. It usually ends up being more than once um, with my local clients. I mean, even even when I worked for a dressmaker's company, we would send the dress either stoned or pre-stoned to the customer and have them try it on and have either a video chat or something like this. Usually it works out fine, but I just like on a personal, like if I had a preference, I would do it in person. When I had my consultation with my designer, who actually at the time was also my coach, which mm. w- that was very interesting because she was very familiar with the way that I danced. But, uh, yeah, and you convenient because you were bound to see her. And, and I was bound to see her. So mm-hmm. so that did make it really convenient. But one of the things that I liked about having multiple fittings which I hadn't had before, was that the dress sort of evolved as we went. Because I think, you know, for you, the sketch is maybe not exactly the end product. Mm. So as I was getting fittings, some of the things that we realized about the sketch weren't coming to life in the way we thought they would. Or when the dress was actually on my body, the way that we thought we could place the stones ended Mm -hmm. up being completely different. So I feel like, ladies, for those of you that have never had a custom dress made before or are starting to consider it, for me, that is like the biggest benefit of having a custom dress done. Part of the process of the customization is the fittings that you can talk about it along the way. It's not just like a sketch on a body type that's not your body type. Sketches are usually made on skinny mannequins that are like fashion sketches, right. like long skinny women. Even for a regular person, that's exactly Like if they were lines. to scale in real life, yes. they would be like eight feet tall. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's not really realistic. It's just made to look pretty and and appealing and it does and like of course you sort of adjust that to the person that's sitting across from you like you can see what their body type is so you adjust that sketch to what they would look like in that design and also there's a designer sort of creative uh interpretation of it some of like just because i drew a line of stones on the dress in one direction maybe doesn't mean it's necessarily going to go in exactly that same angle because the dress will sit differently on you. So what you're saying is that the cartoon that you've just drawn me is not <laughs> going to be what it's going to look like in real life? <laughs> more or less, more or less. So I just like leave some room for, for, for interpretation and and adjustment. So we're kind of selling the idea of why it's so important, obviously, to have a custom gown made, which brings us into what we kind of discussed is a lot of times one of the top concerns with having a custom dress made, and that's people's budget. Because I know Mm. for me, that's always been one of my top priorities is like, this is why I buy the cheap dresses. Mm -hmm. And this is why I wasted so much money on dresses that I wasn't crazy about because Mm -hmm. I was always just looking for the cheapest possible Mm -hmm. option. So how important is knowing your budget when you're going into a consultation? Do you need to know that before the consultation? Or is that something that you have a lot of flexibility with and that you work on with your clients? Well, I'll preface that answer with whenever you start like any kind of hobby, even when you start buying dance shoes, you kind of buy something that's like, you know you need, but you don't really know what quality is at that point. And that's okay because it's all part of the learning process. You buy something that's cheap because, well, you don't know how long you're going to stick with it. And then once you realize like, oh, this is something I really enjoy doing this. This is something I like. This is something I really want to keep doing. And 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 I love it. I'm addicted. Uh, so, you know, what's next? Right. And so you, then you start asking around. Maybe you ask your dance teacher for recommendations. Maybe you ask other advanced students in your studio for recommendations recommendations. Well, how much did you buy those shoes for? Oh, oh, they weren't $50. They were $150. Okay. So you're getting that perspective and that realistic expectation of what things should cost. Right. So you kind of like talk to people and see what the idea is. And then maybe you go to a competition, your first competition, your second competition, and you go and see a vendor and then you look at the shoes like, whoa, there's like 17 different kinds of Latin shoes out here. How do I know? (laughs) Do I want a T-strap? Do I want a a two-inch heel, two-and-a-half-inch heel? Observation is, is a big part of it. And just like, trying things out 
same thing with the dresses is like before you get a custom dress, you probably have been to an event or so. You've mm-hmm. probably been around dancing for, for some time and you were told like, okay, we're doing a competition. Go you get a, need dress. a dress. So then you ask, okay, well, where do I get a dress? And, you know, you get a few recommendations and you call around, you talk to people, you talk to people that in your studio who have dresses. How much did you pay for it? Well, I got mine for five hundred dollars, and someone else for five thousand dollars. Which, you guys, this is this is what makes so. sometimes ballroom dresses really challenging, is because it's like it's a pretty broad range of and prices. You, yeah, exactly. And you think, oh, five hundred dollars—that's a good deal, as opposed to the five thousand yeah. dollar dress. But then, like, you really as, get what you pay for. Yeah, exactly. And I was going to connect this back to like to shoes and like a hobby. Let's say you started hiking. You got a shitty pair of hiking shoes because you're just going on a hike and you don't know any better. And then your feet are cramping and sweating and you're uncomfortable and it's just like not the experience that you would have had maybe had you had proper hiking shoes that you had paid maybe $200 for but in the end of the experience you would have been a much happier proverbial camper <laughs> hiker. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So same same thing goes to, and I I know I kind of went on a weird tangent there, um, but yeah, it's but just, it's, it's relatable, just, right? It's relatable. Because we exactly. know this to be true in yes. a lot of elements yes. in life that you get what you pay for. You may not need a Cadillac, but mm-hmm. you also don't want a Ford Pinto either. So yeah. it's kind of like yeah, exactly. You know, you can you get do. something in between. You do. And especially when it's a hobby that you've started to take seriously and you've started to invest in a lot more, you want nicer things as you progress. Um, because when I was younger, as a teenager, I bought all kinds of shoes for like ten dollars oh these yep. heels are so cool and <laughs> and then you're just dead after like uh, you know if you get an hour and you're yep. like lucky and now You've it's broken like, your feet yeah basically i just want to say that there's a time in your dance journey where quality starts to take priority over quantity and then you start to look for things that you're gonna feel good in things uh, they're not just band-aids or placeholders or you just don't know any better. And it's all a process that we all go through. So it's totally fine. It's like that's kind of like part of it and the fun part about it. But at the point where you realize, OK, I need a custom dress or I need a dress, you look for a designer and we work with you to create a dress that fits you and in a lot of different aspects. And so as we're kind of touching on this idea of quality and budget, there is obviously going to be a specific person who's like, I have X amount of dollars. Mm. This is my maximum that I can spend on a dress. What's your advice for someone who's going into a consultation already knowing their limitations with their budget? What are a couple of ways that they can still have a custom dress made, but could save money on the custom dress? If you're getting a custom dress made, you almost like have to go into it with an expectation like there's a minimum that you should expect to spend. Right, because you're paying for the designer's yes. time, yes. not only their materials. Yes. yes, it is raw time and someone who cares about their work. I like to start like a custom dress budget at $2,000. That's what I tell people normally. That's cool. Um, and I, I, to be honest, I think that's incredibly reasonable as mm-hmm. well because yeah. I, I mean, it's very hard to find even an off the rack dress that's under 4,000. Yeah. I mean, and, th- and that's like very, very simple design or something that I've like sort of worked with before, like not that many layers of fabric, not too many like nitpicky details like ruching or time consuming details like applique or like there's certain elements that take more time than others. That's kind of my base. There's some people that I've worked with that I've gone under that. Usually it's it's like when I work with young kids or skaters and, and they've always been like very skimpy costumes or very like quick, quick, quick. So yeah. like I've, I, you know, I'll leave seams unfinished. I'll leave edges raw. Like it's not something that I would normally do and would be really comfortable really with for like on a regular basis. But when, when necessity calls and someone calls me and is like, I need a dress in two weeks, you have to play with the margins a bit more for that also. Maybe I I won't buy as many stones or I'll try to use uh, leftovers with what I have. So that's taking your literal expenses down. And so then it's just the time of applying the stones. And sometimes in the past, I've worked with people before with this and it's okay, but just not everybody is able to do this. I say time is money. So if you're willing to come in and help me decorate, I do this with uh, younger, again, with younger kids, uh, with college students, with people who can't necessarily afford a 
uh, uh, like a full price dress, like, okay, well, come in and, and, and give me your time and then we can reduce the cost of the dress. I think that's incredible. Like, I, I think it's really generous that you even offer that. And it's kind of fun, too, in a sense, when you think about it, that they're sort of participating and yeah, taking exactly. part in creating exactly. this, like, beautiful piece of art that exactly. they're going to wear. Yeah. And I have no problem with that. I'm willing to work with people. Like, that's always been my thing. I always say, okay, what's what's your budget? Right. Like, because I know some designers will be like, okay, well, these are your options. And, you know, you have the, <laughs> you have the Camry, you have your, uh, <laughs> you Take have your cars, Cadillac, yeah. you have your BMW and you have your I love Ferrari. how we're like, what's a car? Yeah, what's, what's a, a car? car? I don't no. know. <laughs> I don't yeah. even know the level. Of a here. fancy car a and a not fancy car. car. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I get it because it's easy to understand. But at the same time, I'm always like, well, especially with my clients here, like I just tell me what you're working with and I will do my best to adjust and accommodate with to your budget. So I'm very open minded with that. I'm like, okay. I, in fact, sometimes I just want to know that ahead of time. So then like, I know what to design. Some people will say like, okay, well, we designed a dress. Two to three packets of stones is this much. Five to seven is this much. So I guess this carries us into like what goes into the budget of making the dress. Like the actual the cost. Actual the actual cost. Money. And most of it is stones. Either just the raw cost of the stones or the labor of gluing. I use a combination of stones. So if someone has a larger budget, I'm much more, uh, I can get a lot more creative with it. I mm-hmm. can buy different shapes. I can buy different, I usually like to mix different colors or different sizes just to give it a bit more dimension. Like you said, you can really accentuate someone's shape if, yeah. you, if you kind of do, I don't know if it would be like a like a gradient effect yeah, with yeah, the stones. Exactly, you exactly. can create a curve where there isn't one. Yep, yep, you can yep. diminish a curve where there is yep. one. That's a huge thing. And again, that I've learned with talking to designers like you is that, you know, we think like, okay, the fabric and the stones and her time, big deal, like make me a dress. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's not just about that. Like they really are engineers and understanding women's bodies and understanding how you can highlight things and, and use sort of those tricks to not like completely hide your body, but mm-hmm. just to accentuate the things yep. that you want to accentuate. Exactly. And that takes a lot of skill. It's really crazy. <laughs> and and trust me, I know I've tried stoning my own dresses. Yeah. It's not fun. <laughs> and it takes about a million more stones than you think it does. It also in this actual sewing process, the fabrics themselves don't actually cost that much unless you're buying from Chris Ann Clover. That's probably the most expensive. The shipping itself is just like $150 to get. Here. Do you think there's a big difference so, in the quality? Like when you work with that fabric, are you like, oh, wow, this is why it's so expensive? Some fabrics yes the great thing about chrysanne is that it's consistent you can count on them having you know aqua fringe in this color and the aqua fringe is going to match the aqua spandex which is going to match the aqua oh i wouldn't even thought about that like like that you need it to match your bodysuit yeah so it's like it's consistent throughout the fabrics otherwise you go to other stores like in new york or wherever else you buy and you have to like go around the stores and like match color swatches and that takes time but the fabrics are significantly cheaper right i'll mix and match a lot it really depends on the budget but if i have like let's just say unlimited budget i'm gonna i'm gonna get the swarovski stones and i'm gonna mix and match a bunch of sizes i'm gonna play with the colors i'm gonna really go crazy to me that really makes oh yeah there's no like cap on there's your no creativity cap on my creativity like yeah, yeah like I well and is that something out. like if i came to you and had you make a dress and i was like oh i have to stick to your two thousand mm-hmm. dollar minimum budget could i then as i'm investing in the dress possibly add more stones on later or add embellishments later is that something you ever recommend for people to do if they are on a tight budget is be like you know what start off with sort of like a base model yeah. and then we can accentuate over time yes that is very possible there there is a limit to that however there are certain things once the stones are on in a certain pattern like it's very difficult to later on change that pattern you right. can't you may be able to add more stones as a general like layer or squeeze them in in between but it's difficult to like change the design of the stones it's definitely flexible and you can add to it it's just not as consistent and it not every design will uh will work for that facilitate that yeah Yeah. so but definitely an option so we know kind of going into this you're kind of taking us through the process of having a custom dress made obviously it starts with a consultation knowing what you like and don't like about how things look on you and also having a vague idea of what your budget is and then like I said, one of the things that was really valuable to me is having fittings along the way and having someone really as a designer to hold your hand along Mm. that process, because it is really scary to have a dress custom made. You're spending so much money on it and and you're really investing into that. And and to have someone to walk you through that process, I, I just think is 
totally valuable and, and, and such a really cool comfort to have that person that's going to be like, okay, let's make sure everything looks good along the way. Let's make sure this is right for your body. So we can see the value in that, obviously. And, and I think it is great that you've said like, hey, tell your designer what your budget is, see what they're willing to work with. And if that designer can't work within that budget, you can keep looking around mm-hmm. and, and hopefully you'll land on someone who can work within your budget. But, you know, be cool about it. Don't if someone can't work within your budget, don't yeah. take it personally. Don't yeah, be angry exactly. Exactly. and don't, you know, make the designer feel guilty about it because yeah. I'm sure for you, I know I deal with this as a dance instructor. You know, my, my prices are are mm. I put a lot of thought into yes. them and and I've made them that way for a reason. And I'm sure for you it is, as a designer, yeah. you've learned what your time is worth and you've learned what the materials are worth and, and you've set that price intentionally. In fact, I usually I tend to underestimate the amount of time it's going to take me. Yeah. So it's always the opposite for me. And I'm like, oh, it's it's going to be simple. But then like the simple thing ends up taking a lot longer because I'm, I get so nitpicky <laughs> with the details. Which is good. Then, You're a yeah, perfectionist, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I just spent so much time on this. Um, which is fine I'm happy to do it like I, I actually like find it hard not to if I feel the need to so I'm gonna put in my best effort budget is important and I do need to hear your thoughts on it and what is important to you because sometimes people say oh I need it to be as cheap as fast as possible like well what's more important to you the quality the the speed or the price because you can't have all three. I 100% agree with you. And I don't think that you can put a price on the way you feel on the dance floor mm. because you're already, there's so many other things that are just going to mess with your mind. You're going to be nervous mm-hmm. you're or you're going to be really excited and overamped. There's just so many elements that you can't control when you're on the dance floor that I think the ability to control how you look and then therefore how confident you feel is just totally priceless. You really, really need that That, because you can't control the music. You can't control if people bump into you. But if you are looking hot and you feel so good about yourself, that is one thing that you can have some element of control over. And so Anastasia and I, we obviously have kind of taken you through some of the process that goes into a custom dress, why things cost what they cost and why it is so important to have one designed for you. But we also came up with some things that are really, really going to show you off to advantage on the dance floor. And they all kind of come under dressing for your body type. So one of the first and most obvious things is that if you have a custom dress made, it's going to be something that flatters you. A, for the reason that you're having a professional who knows about dressmaking designed for your body type, and B, because you've had an opinion throughout the process. That's right. And I think... Anastasia actually hit on this really, really perfectly at the beginning of the podcast. And it's something that I hadn't really even put a lot of thought into, but having a dress that's made for your own personal style. I just, I love that you said that because it it does go into who your character is as a dancer, but it also goes into what you're comfortable with as a person. I think ballroom dancing in general pushes us outside of our comfort zone. And that's the wonderful thing about it. Yeah. Yeah. But dressing for your personal style, even on the dance floor or having some bit of that personality show up in your ballroom Mm -hmm. personality. I think Mm -hmm. I I love that, how you talked about that. It should. It should. It should like highlight or support or in some way accentuate who you are in some ways or who you want to be like either, either or, or, or a combination of, of those two. And I just, I'm speaking from personal experience and just being able to talk to many people over the course of years. That's just my opinion. But I think that people who are comfortable in their dress and secure with how they look in it are happier when they're dancing out there. I totally agree. And then one of the most important things I think about having a dress custom made for you is that not only can you highlight and sort of hide mm. your your strengths and weaknesses yeah. about your body that you love and that you're not so crazy about you can also do it with your dancing and this yes. is one of the things that I don't think people take advantage of enough what I mean by your strengths and weaknesses in your dancing are, let's say you're having a rhythm dress designed and you are just the slowest mover. Like no matter how fast you are, no matter how on time you are, you just, your speed is something that you really, really struggle with. Mm. You can have a fringe skirt and then you've yep. got like a thousand layers of extra movement that are making you look faster. Yep. If you dance too fast and you have a hard time looking curvy or -hmm. sensual, Mm -hmm. you can have a dress that hugs your body a little bit more so that you're creating curves where they're not. Like, what do you think is important about that in terms of like 
how do you design dresses so that people can sort of accentuate those qualities in not just their bodies, but in their dancing? Well, it's sort of what you said before. So there are certain things, there are certain phrases that people say that immediately I like, I have a, I have a little like file that I can in the, in my head that I can sort of like go through as they're speaking and say, your movements are slow. So, okay. So fringe. Okay. That's possible. If you ask me like, okay, Lauren, what are your weaknesses as a dancer? I'd be like, I'm kind of slow. I'm a little bit overly emotional. Sometimes I don't move around enough. I don't accentuate my lines as much as I can. There's probably already mental pictures that you're getting in your head. Like, oh, Lauren's a little slow. She needs a dress that creates movement. Maybe she needs something that that actually creates lines when she's not making lines. Like, how can I use the fabric to sort of like not cheat, but just accentuate things that I'm like not good at. Or, or your partner is is super tall and you're super short or like just, I mean, I know you can't actually, (laughs) uh, (laughs) through visual trickery, we can change things. (laughs) Um, kind of, I mean, not really, but kind of like there are certain things you should definitely not do is just put it that way. Right. That will make the contrast a lot more dramatic as opposed to like having one color instead of splitting yourself. There's definitely little tricks that you learn along the way that you wouldn't necessarily know just like if you just started dancing or even if you've been dancing for a few years but you've never really like had a dress made so you don't really know all these little tips and things that like we have picked up along the way. And I feel like probably what ties this all in for you is not only are you being called upon to be very creative but also like very strategic in the way that you're designing things and then it seems to me also that as a dress designer that one of your biggest jobs is just really managing people's expectations giving them a realistic viewpoint of what they can expect from a dress and what they should try to plan for in their dancing and finishing their lookout altogether. that's actually pretty hard part before we wrap up, there's just one thing that I'm really curious to get your opinion about. The question is, how involved do you think a student's dance teacher should be in their opinions of their costume? Because you know Lewis, my husband, he is extraordinarily opinionated about his students' costumes. In fact, he actually specifically told one of his students, you're going to buy a blue dress and it's going to be this and this is going to be for the tango. Wow. And then he sent her pictures of how he wanted her hair to be done. Wow. So like he's like he's to me the most extreme version of like, you're wearing this dress, this is how your hair will be. Mm -hmm. So not only is he like the dance teacher and picking the music and the choreography, but he's like, and this is how you're going to look. I have mixed feelings about that. It's a controversial topic. It's a controversial topic. Yeah. Like how involved (laughs) do you think that the dance teacher should be in that? Because they know their student pretty well. They know how their student moves. Like I told you, that was one of the cool things about my coach designing a dress for me Mm. is that she, she knew a little bit about my body already, but how involved do you think a teacher should be in the costume? So I will say again that like your dance teacher is kind of like your therapist. If you've been dancing together for like five years and like you really know each other, that's great. And I feel like you are able, you're at that level where you can be kind of like open and honest and like communicate with each other. Like, Hey, this is like, I think this is a good dress for you. And you totally trust him. That's great. And you get feedback from other directions as well to like support that. Then there's like the tyrant dance teacher, which I'm not fully supportive <laughs> right. of, who just tells you what to get without listening to your needs or concerns. Well, sometimes or guy teachers like are totally clueless about what exactly. is what looks good on a woman and what exactly. doesn't. And even if you think this is the dress your student should be wearing, if she's not comfortable with it in the end of the day, it's going to yeah, have a negative effect exactly, on her dancing. On the dancing. So yeah, that, that, was, that was the point that I was coming to actually is like, you know yourself, you've been dressing yourself for your whole life you kind of have an idea at least of what you like and what you don't like what looks good on you what you get compliments on trust yourself and if you can't trust yourself and you need opinions of other people that's okay too because i'm like that too you're still the ultimate decision maker and it's your money at the end of the day you're the one paying for it trust other people's opinions to a certain extent but take it with a grain of salt and trust yourself you definitely want to get some outside opinions because sometimes i even find myself being blocked by my own insecurities like going oh i could never wear a dress like that but it's because i don't have the the confidence to sometimes you need someone to say oh my gosh you look amazing why aren't you showing off your legs or sometimes you need that outside perspective but just in the same way that you would approach it through your dancing you don't mm-hmm. want 10 different teachers every yep. week telling you a hundred yep. different things because you would your brain would explode apply sort of the same rules to your dancing that you would to maybe getting a costume like get one or two opinions again take it with a grain of salt because at the end of the day your dance teacher is not buying your costume for you and if they are Congratulations, because that's Go amazing. With that. Go with that. Do whatever they want you to do. <laughs> but yeah, like Innocent just said, you're 
investing a lot of money and a lot of faith into having a costume built. So get some outside opinions, make sure you limit it to just a few people. And at the end of the day, you got to do what works for you and and make yourself happy because it really translates onto the dance floor. When you feel confident, when you Mm -hmm. feel like you love the way that you look, Mm -hmm. that's you can't put a price on that. We like to think of having a dress, you put on a dress and you're putting on like Wonder Woman's costume, right? And all of a sudden you become Wonder Woman and you're this like magnificent female warrior or princess or whatever character it is that you want to be or that you are. And that's wonderful. But you have to keep in mind that like you're always looking for negative things in yourself. It's going to be really hard to create any costume that's if you're just constantly like... Negative, negative, negative. Like the idea of this costume is to make you feel positive. If you can shift your mindset to like feeling a little positive and I know that's this is t- this touches on so much more than just like ballroom and costumes and things no, like that. No, it's so important. But it's just like something that's just in general in life on every day, you know, how we look at ourselves. You are dancing, you're doing something that you enjoy, spending a lot of time and effort and energy and money into this thing that you love to do presumably. So, it's nice to kind of go into it thinking like I'm going to be an Amazon. Approach it with positivity. It might even be fun if you know you're about to do a dress consultation Mm. to set a challenge for yourself to be like, let me write down three things that I Mm. love about my dancing and three things that I love about my body and then let the designer work off of that. that's great. I mean, that's that's a challenge for some people I know, but if you can't think of those three things, ask your teacher, let them write it down for you. And then, or your and friend, then give it to your, your design kit. Like yeah. Whoever it is that you trust. Like it can't be like a fake person, but someone that you trust and you know you can believe. Because I know that's um, a challenge for me. A lot of times when I'm approaching things, and it's it's not really a self-esteem issue for me. It's more I know what I don't like mm-hmm. more than I know what yes, I do like. Exactly. I completely agree with and that. And that's I'm such on, a challenge. I'm, I'm like, well, page. I don't like this. Yeah. I don't like that. But then when you say, well, what mm-hmm. do you like in a dress? Yeah. I'm like, anything else? <laughs> I don't know. So if you can kind of try to yeah. think of those things, at least I can give that to you as a designer and and you can sort of read between the lines. That's super helpful. So Anastasia, I want to thank you again so much for walking us through this process. I, I mean, we're, we're probably going to end up doing more episodes yeah, about costumes I like, I think because I feel like about, we only scratched the surface, really. We talked about so much and I yeah. feel like there's so much more that I, that I even like we didn't remember even touch to say. On. Or, yeah. yeah. So but, this is just for you guys, this is just sort of an overall, like I said, we just sort of scratched the surface on why it's important to have a custom gown created for yourself and sort of the process that goes into making one. But personally, I would love to hear from you. So if you're listening to this podcast episode and you have questions for Anastasia, please please send them to us, even if they're really weird questions yes. that are like very specific because Anastasia and I are both kind of freaky and we're weird <laughs> and we like weirder to hear the that <laughs> Yes, the weirder the better. So shoot me an email at hello at the dance info. Any kind of questions you can think about costumes or just things that you want to know about Anastasia and I that we didn't talk about on the podcast episode today. Mm-hmm. And Anastasia, where can people find you either like on social media or if they're interested in talking to you about a custom dress, what's the best way to get in touch with you or see your work? I do have a Facebook page with the, some of the past creations that we've made and the company is deluxe dancewear d-e apostrophe l-u-x dancewear and same with the instagram as well and i'll be tagging you in all of the posts for the podcast too so you guys just click on anastasia's name and you'll go right Um, to her page but now i work sort of um privately you can contact me through those like facebook instagram facebook and instagram but you can always just find me personally and get in touch in fact that way i'm probably more likely to respond quicker because I'm more active on those as opposed to the company one. Anastasia Alexeyeva is on Facebook, A-A-N-S-T-A-S-I-A on Instagram. That's just my personal things. And uh, you can always email me also at A-A-N-S-T-A-S-I-A at gmail.com if you have any questions or would like to talk about a custom dress. Yeah, send us questions because like I said, Anastasia and I have like pages of notes that we haven't even talked about with costumes today. And that's before we even start talking about photography or just dancing in general there's a there's a ton of stuff that anastasia and i can talk about everything and it's amazing yeah Yeah. thank you again for listening and if you haven't hit subscribe already go ahead and hit subscribe so that you stay tuned for future episodes and if you could also if you enjoyed the show if you could also take the time to click on a star hopefully all five of the stars and give me a rating because that really helps out with the podcast and looking forward to sharing more episodes with you in the future thanks again anastasia and we'll see you guys next time